Today, on Fully Noon, Grace Points Podcast, Episode 2. Three of my siblings uh, devoted themselves and committed themselves to be witnesses. And so, you know, they got baptized and, and committed to the Kingdom Hall Church. And they are still currently uh, faithful Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, wow. Hello? Yes. Is this Elder Dave Lee? It is. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Welcome to Fully Known, Grace Point's official podcast, where folks okay. can get to know the members of our church a little bit better. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. so hopefully it's not fully, fully known, but just partially fully known. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we begin, let me ask you, do you come from a typical Korean family where your parents were the first generation to America and you're the second generation? Yes. So I immigrated when I was eight, which was uh, so 47 years ago, since I'm going to be turning 55 soon. Wow. And so I was doing the math. In 1973, uh, we immigrated from Korea. We were a family of six. Uh, me, my younger brother, and my two older sisters, and my parents. And uh, when, once we got here, my parents had like a, uh, what do they call those babies? Like the surprise baby? Yeah, yeah. So my baby brother was born. He is 10 years younger than me. And oh, wow. So, uh, you know, and she, my mom was uh, pretty, I, mean, I think she must have been 40 or so uh, when she had him. So pretty late in her life. And okay. totally surprised. But yeah, so they worked their usual. Um, you know, the, the same immigration, immigrant family story. Both of them worked uh, long hours, more menial labor. And then um, my dad started uh, doing more uh, smaller businesses. Um, I grew up in a, a little three-bedroom twin house in Upper Darby, which is uh, for people who might listen to this who grew up in this area. It's a pretty blue-collar uh, town. Okay. Uh, it's a town filled with a lot of uh, immigrants. Um, uh, from Europe and from Asia, and also a lot of um, people who ex- exited Philadelphia and settled in that area. So it's a uh, it's gritty um, uh, town. And that's where we grew up. And uh, so it was five kids, so seven family of seven in a three bedroom, wow. one and a half bathroom house. Um, but never really felt that crowded or that needy. I always shared a bedroom with my two brothers until my sisters uh, got old enough and married and moved out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's typical that way. Um, Upper Darby is the most diverse high school in the state okay. of Pennsylvania. Okay, and, I didn't uh, know that. Our, yeah, well, our claim to fame is Tina Fey is a graduate. Oh, from wow. Upper Darby. Nice. And her movie that she uh, screen wrote, I forget what the movie's called now. Uh, it's one of those that started, um, you know, teenage and uh, different races and popularity and all that stuff. So apparently Tina Fey based that on her life at Upper Darby High School. Mm. That was kind of the the story going around. I see. Uh, yep. And then I was a classic banana. Uh, okay. So I was very uncomfortable in my Asian skin. Yeah. All my friends growing up were mostly uh, non-Asians. And uh, really there weren't that many Asians uh, until my high school year when more and more uh, in particular, Korean immigrants started settling into Upper Darby area. And I remember a lot of them tried to make overtures to me, uh, and I rebuffed most of them um, <laughs> uh, for just because I just didn't feel comfortable hanging out with other Asians. Yeah. 
Um, going back to, I guess, your family, I didn't actually realize your family was so big. So you have five siblings. Uh, tell me Four about siblings. that. Yeah, family of five. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and, and really, and there will be a little bit of my spiritual life in this story, is that um, my mom was a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, she uh-huh. was converted over when we were in Korea. And so I grew up uh, as a Jehovah's Witness because my dad was more or less an atheist. He fell away from uh, his church life uh, after he became an adult. And so my life, and if you're anybody, uh, if you're familiar with it, Jehovah's Witness, I mean, they're very consistent and stable in their, um, I guess, uh, worship time. And so I grew up with uh, Tuesday night Bible studies, Thursday night, two hours of worship and Bible study. And Sunday was two-hour worships of, um, you know, um, worship time and Bible study. Mm. And so, yeah, five hours every week of that, uh, which is the corporate uh, worship time. And then I had, um, me and my brothers, we had uh, somebody come home to our house and teach us. Uh, so small uh, Bible study time uh, one, every once a week. And then until I start, I stopped, I guess my language became too much of a uh, barrier my mom always had uh, one-on-one Bible study with me. Okay. And so, yeah, my my life was filled with Bible studies uh, uh, growing up, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm a little, I would say, hesitant or resistant of, like, that kind of uh, formal uh, structure. Mm-hmm. And so and yeah, I'm just either making an excuse or just trying to rationalize why I do. But uh, basically that's how it was throughout my life. And then um, the biggest thing, the biggest change for us was that my mom actually, she passed away when I was in high school. Okay. Um, so she passed away from cancer. And so she had health issues right from my junior high school years on, like from uh, eighth grade on, she was always in and out of hospitals and always, um, you know, not doing well. And then mm-hmm. she passed away when I was in high school. And so that obviously had a huge impact on my family and me and my siblings and so what resulted from uh, devoted themselves and committed themselves to be witnesses. And so, you know, they could be baptized and, and committed to the Kingdom Hall Church, and they are still currently uh, faithful Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, wow. And then me and my sister right above me, the two of us uh, decided once we both of us, or once we turned 18, that we were no longer going to be uh, going to become or be witnesses. Um, okay. So we made that decision. And then while I was in college, um, I don't know, it's something, oh, actually, I had a lot of, so but, uh, both I started getting more comfortable with my Asian-ness. And, okay. and, and, a, and a huge symbol of that was that uh, I agreed to take a trip to Korea after my freshman year in college. And so my dad sent me over on one of those programs where you go for a couple of weeks and you uh, learn about Korea and, and the history and all that. And there in that trip, I met and uh, made friends with my first group of Korean friends. Okay. And so uh, when I came back from that trip, I just really did a 180 and started to seek out uh, other Koreans in uh, my college joined the uh, student association and got really more socially and everything involved. And, you know, and, and, and this is one of those cases where you always look back and say, you know, it's amazing how God works in different ways, but 
a lot of the uh, Korean students at my college at Drexel, which is in uh, Center City, Philly, they were Christians. They grew up Christians, and they were um, attending church. And wow. so happens that um, one of the bands, one of the churches that sent a band pretty consistently uh, to our school was KUC, which also happened to be the church that my dad started attending after my mom passed away. Okay. And so I decided to uh, try that because I wanted to do something with my dad and make that connection with him. Um, so I started attending, not understanding the gospel, not understanding, you know, I just thought it was just another uh, Jehovah's Witness type of church setting. And, uh, and just went through the whole process of uh, learning the gospel, understanding the difference between the, uh, the good news versus what Jehovah's Witnesses uh, preach and their doctrine and, the, and how freeing it was, I guess, because uh, that was one of the things, you know, a Jehovah's Witness doctrine is very work-based, mm-hmm. and, uh, and of course, uh, the gospel is not. And so understanding and really, I guess, grasping the, uh, the idea of, of, of free salvation, of, you know, being something given so freely was uh, really a aha moment yeah. and uh, really uh, opened my eyes to why, you know, what a difference it was uh, to be a Christian. Yeah. Well, that's awesome to hear because I know a lot of those trips back in the day, like when people went to Korea, they said, you know, it's supposed to be educational, but most people went and they drank and they partied and they just had a crazy time, you know, from what I hear. But it sounded like... No, no, it was all that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was all that. I think two of the girls came back pregnant. Oh, my Uh, goodness. And, yeah, it was... I mean, I'm one. Of, I was one of the older ones because I was actually a sophomore in college. Most yeah, of the other yeah. kids were freshmen and entering freshmen. So you can okay. imagine they had freedom, and they had it was you know in a country like 24 hours or 12 hours away from home, yeah. and no responsibilities. And probably most of them had you know a pocket full of money because their parents and whatever family they had in Korea were giving them money hand over fist to say, hey, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was uh it was pretty crazy. Like I said, for me it was a it was really eye opening experience besides all that because I realized that I had so much more in common with Korean Americans. Yeah. Than yeah. than not. You know, until then sure. I really resisted the idea of that. But once I went over there, let my guard down and actually started talking to them and understanding their life story and, and realizing how similar it was to mine. I really felt comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Now, what, what's the dynamics like between you and your uh, your three siblings that uh, decided to commit to Jehovah's Witness? Because <laughs> I, know, I know the dynamics. You know, a lot of homes have dynamics of non-Christian Christian, right? Which yeah. I think that, that's more usual. But, like, to have a whole other faith of a Jehovah's yeah. Witness versus a Christian What's that like during, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and even your regular interactions with your siblings? Yeah, I would say more separated. And, uh, and some of the dynamics or conflicts that you're, you're envisioning doesn't happen because Jehovah's Witnesses do not celebrate any holidays. Mm. And so that's really one of the reasons for the separation, simply because when the rest of the world is has a reason to get together yeah. and make that connection as a witnesses they don't participate mm. birthdays you know new year's all that kind of stuff all those kind of celebrations and and excuses for families to get together they do not observe mm. and so 
in that way, it's very peaceful. Uh, but in the other way, you can imagine it's very uh, distant uh, yeah. because we just don't have, you know, between the normal holidays and reasons to get together, if you don't get together on those days, and then you have to carve out time during the other days and weekends and weeks and months, and we just never got into any sort of rhythm. Yeah. Um, so even between the three of them, so my oldest sister, who is 10 years older than me, so imagine she's 65. She came over when she was in high school. So oh, she's wow. very Koreanized, and she attends a Korean-speaking Kingdom Hall. Okay. And her, her husband, she actually was, uh, it was like an uh, arranged marriage. He came directly from Korea when he was an adult. So both of them are just very more, much more uh, Koreanized than the rest of us. Yeah. And then my two younger brothers, I mean, they're so, such a huge age gap. Uh, my younger brother is two years younger than me, so he's 12 years younger than her. And then my baby brother is 10 years younger than me. Yeah. So there's a 20-year gap between them. So even though the three of them are witnesses, they definitely travel in different circles socially. Yeah. Yeah. And all that. And then um, just to add another twist to it, my the brother right below me, the one that's two years younger than me, he uh-huh. and his wife really wanted to be missionaries for the witnesses and missionary in the Spanish-speaking uh, world. And so they devoted themselves to first learn the language, and then they, on, they self-financed themselves to go on missions to uh, Dominican Republic multiple times, and then they went to Chile and stayed there for a couple of years trying to establish, uh, a, as become a full-time missionary. Wow. And uh, both times, or all those times, they weren't able to maintain it, um, mostly through health reasons, because of my sister-in-law's health reasons, so they always had to come back. Mm-hmm. And because of our health reasons also, I think the Jehovah's Witness, like the corporate headquarters, um, they have a training camp and everything, and they were not ever accepted as a full-time missionary. So they try to do it on their own. So then that way, so they go to, I think, a Spanish-speaking kingdom hall. Yeah. My baby brother goes to a, a, the standard English-speaking kingdom hall. So between the three oh, wow. witnesses, you know, they, they, they attend three different speaking yeah. kingdom halls. Yeah, and Korean, so among, Spanish, and English. Right? Yeah, so even among themselves, they don't get to see themselves a, a whole lot. And so oh, the wow. sibling I'm closest to is the sister right above me. She's three years older than I am. She lives in Boston. And um, so, so she had her own cancer scare when she was in her 40s. And oh, that made her much more receptive to uh, seeking, um, seeking. I guess, I mean, even for her, she's, she's such an intellect. So she's more like, uh, spirituality more than faith. Okay. Uh, but her and her husband, who is a also a um, grew up a devout Catholic and then disavowed himself. So both of them are kind of atheists now. They're both uh, attending like a non-denominational church that seems to be more of on a spiritual type thing where they explore and explain the different major religions in the world and the different demon- denominations in the Christian world. But they don't really commit to any, you know, any single gospel or any single doctrine per se. Yeah. So that's the sister that I'm closest to. Her kids, uh, three kids, and my kids are close, and and we spend, we try to spend time together, if not on the holidays, at least like visiting each other and spending time together. Oh wow. And there's a small connection. Uh, some of the people, if they listen to this, Jane and Nudie. I don't know if you if, have you met Nudie? You've known Nudie, right? Yes, yeah, I know Nudie. Yeah, so when they were up in Boston, they actually were nannies. 
for my sister's three kids oh, for, like a, wow. for like a year or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so there was some connection that way. Yeah, small uh, world, some, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess as you're kind of growing in your faith and, you know, providentially God was working and you go to Korea during your colleges and come back. So when you finished up with college, what, what were you majoring in college and what, what did you graduate with? So I graduated as a mechanical engineer. That's my first job was as a mechanical engineer working for the city. Okay. And I worked there. Um, I mean, I eventually got away from mechanical engineering or an engineering in, in uh, general I just I didn't enjoy it. I, I didn't think I was that gifted in that. And yeah. so when I had a chance to transfer within the city to more of a business uh, utility manager type role, I did take that chance and, and switched over. And okay. so um, I eventually ended up in the municipal energy office was the title of the office. It was a newly formed office. And the responsibility was to keep tabs on all the utility usage and cost of all the city facilities. And so that was my job with the city for uh, my last job with the city. And then after my 10 years was done and I was uh, vested as, uh, as a pension, I decided to start looking around for other opportunities. And mm -hmm. again, God opened the door in that my counterpart, the person who was my PICO representative had recently gotten promoted and apparently they couldn't find a person to fill his position internally. Mm. And so uh, he was, and he was trying to help them find an uh, external candidate. And he approached me and asked me if I would be interested. And so I was, um, you know, went to the interview process and got hired uh, to replace him. And so literally I went from one side of the table to the other side of the table uh, yeah. in that representing. So I had a huge advantage because I understood and knew the city accounts very well. And then uh, other than adding on more accounts, like I used to uh, manage University of Penn, Temple, all the major universities in the city and all that kind of, so I added all that in addition to the city of Philadelphia. But just understanding the city of Philadelphia gave me a huge advantage. Yeah. And then I think, you know, obviously you and I met when I was still with Pico. So uh -huh. I worked there for 17 and a half years. So that's wow. uh, almost 29 years of my career between 11 years in the city and 17 and a half years in uh, Pico. Uh, before I was let go by Pico, so uh, yeah, so that's 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 been really my career. Um, okay. I've never really been that ambitious, um, uh -huh. you know, good or bad. I've just never had that a burning desire to be overly successful. Yeah. Um, I always felt I was very blessed with the Pico job because um, you know it gave me a lot of opportunity to care for my kids and and be part of their life as they were growing up. Just sure. because the job was so uh, flexible, number one. And then number two, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit that I was very comfortable and I knew that job pretty much inside and out. Yeah. And so uh, there was really rarely a time where I needed to spend a full eight, nine hours of a work day to do my job well, just because I was good enough that I could do it in a shorter time, period of time. And yeah. so um, having four kids, having Helen after she um, you know, went through the law school, started working at law firms and having to put in the kind of time that she had to put in to really just keep up with that career. Um, you know, I felt very blessed to be in a position where I could uh, help her or help the family really be there for them um, yeah. and, and do that. So, you know, and then I was only just starting to <laughs> get a little more ambitious about my career. 
with Pico in that because the kids were all grown. I thought it was time for me to kind of stretch my wings. And I also thought that it was almost like, you know, doing a disservice to some of the gifts that I had been uh, given by God uh, to be so comfortable and so uh, unambitious about myself. And so, you know, I I started out with the idea like I wanted to do something uh, more with what my gifts and do, you know, and be better at what I was doing. And so, but the rest, as you know, is history. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, yeah, uh, didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. And it is kind of a lot of the messages I hear about how God in his, you know, his timing is perfect, but mm-hmm. he may not, you know, it may not definitely isn't going to be what you think it is. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I think my uh, recent you know, challenges with work and everything else is, is a testimony, testimony for that. Uh, but I still, I mean, I still feel God's presence and his hand in the things that are happening. And so, um, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I don't get too resentful, I guess, or too caught up in what's happening. And I just try to roll with it. And I feel like in the end, it's, uh, I'm going to look back, you know, 10 years from now. And I feel like I'm still going to see the blessings of this time period in my life and, and, and really see it as what it is, which is, you know, just God working with me and through me to to really help me and others uh grow i guess in yeah. this time period yeah 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 i remember uh even growing up for myself like you know one of the things our parents uh especially immigrant parents they don't give too much direction about career path and you know like really seeking out your calling you know what are you gifted what are you called to do that yep. God wants you to do, you know? And so a lot of it is trial and error. It kind of like what you were sharing about how you first started off with mechanical engineering and that wasn't your thing, you know? Yeah. And so it's funny how, like, a, a lot of us, you know, we're, we we end up with career changes, like, later in your career and whatnot. But, um, yeah, following the Lord's leading is definitely encouraging that you have that kind of attitude. Cool. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things that's interesting about being an elder, too, is uh, – I remember uh, my closest friends, they were going into ministry, full-time ministry, but I always thought I was called to be a ruling elder. And I was going <laughs> to live that life of corporate and then, you know, really uh-huh. serve the church at the same time. Yeah. And uh-huh. so uh, I remember trying to follow that path and how much work it was to work corporate, but then to put in so much time serving the church, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess my question to you is that how do you balance that in terms of, being a ruling elder and serving in all these different capacities, as well as working uh, the corporate life. How, how has that been? Um, I, I would say it's been, I mean, what I try to do and I try to remind myself, or I, I, I kind of run, live it as um, like Paul has said about, live, it's a marathon, you know, it's a race to endure. Yep. Um, I think that's one of the I guess, dangers or pitfalls of, Christian life, or the biggest challenge of being a Christian, in my 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 opinion, is the longevity. Mm. You know, I think it's great to have like a good ten years, a good fifteen years, but it does wear people out. You know, and people change, and so I've seen that in my lifetime, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I try to keep that in my mind as even as a ruling elder, uh-huh. and so I try to make sure that I balance. Um, you know, my church duties and functions with 
my with family and with work. And mm. I think it helped because, I, like I said, I'm not overly ambitious at work. Yeah. And so it was easier for me to balance the three things in my life that I thought I needed to balance. Um, and so that's why, you know, um, it still doesn't. And I, I you'll see, you see me. I like I'll volunteer for inreach. I'll volunteer to do greeting tables yeah. because those are things that are within my gifting and my strength, and I know I can do it, and it's not taxing. Uh huh. And so I try to make sure that I make myself available for things like that. Uh, so that's why I try to look for ways to serve the church that I think is in line with my strength and gifting, and then. Also try to look for where the church really needs a hand and mm-hmm. just try to step in and help out, but not be that elder that feels the need to do everything yeah. or to, you know, be active participant in everything because I, I feel like that's the path to getting burned out and, and really kind of losing that, you know, passion for church and for community. Yeah, yeah. So during this uh, pandemic then, uh, what's your take on that in terms of like how Grace Point is going through it, and um, did you do you find it uh, this period to be easy or hard or uh, confusing? Like um, <laughs> <laughs> all you... of the above, you know. All yeah. The above. yeah. So I think there is. Um, I mean, I do. There's a balanced view of it. I mean, I can see the benefits. Some of the benefits that uh, you know, I think I've shared with you guys many times, which is the additional family time, yeah, and uh, having my kids home at that period of time was just a, a rich blessing. And even uh-huh. if it's just not with me directly, just seeing them interacting with each other and seeing their relationship grow uh, yeah. was just really heartwarming for a parent to see. Sure. Um, so that was a, a definitely a time of blessing. Um, I think, you know, just. Um, being forced to really simplify my workout regimen to just daily walks and just push-ups at home, that type of thing, has mm-hmm. really uh, opened my mind up to the uh, possibility and the opportunities, really, of not, you know, continuing to go to gym, joining a gym, paying for that monthly membership, all that kind of stuff, that there's a lot more simpler ways to stay in shape or stay mm-hmm. in health. And so that's been a good thing to, to realize. Um, Zooming, I don't generally like. Um, maybe it's because of technology difficulties, you, you, you know, with my, my <laughs> setup. But uh, yeah. even with uh, work, you know, I went through all that training with Zoom. And I'm a person person. I'm a, I'm a people person, you know, and I, I get um, a lot of energy from being, I think, physically with yeah. people. Yeah. And so Zoom is a little bit of both. My body gets confused. Uh, you know, there's people there, but I'm just so still. And there's yeah. none of that uh, other senses of being with people other than your just your ears and your eyes. And so uh, initially it was fun and exciting and interesting, but uh, as time wore on, I think I'm relatively anti-Zoom, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, it's been uh, almost like the new norm is almost too... I don't know, too boring or too consistent, too stable. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, the days are going by too fast, the weeks are going by too fast because there's so much uh, consistency to every day. Okay. And uh, I don't know, I, I don't think I like that as much, you know, that I would like so each day to be a little bit different or each week to be a little bit different uh, yeah. just to kind of mark the time that way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like it's been all over the place for everyone. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. got a different uh, experience. So it's interesting to hear from your perspective. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're we're running a little bit late, so I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. keep you too too long. But I guess one <laughs> one final question is uh, a, a two part question. What's an interesting fact that uh, maybe you know I don't know that to ask you about <laughs> that you can share for everyone that people will know you a little bit deeper and better. And if you have to share something from the congregation to ask something of them, um, like a prayer request or something like that, what would you ask them to pray for you about? Okay. Um, so, I, I mean, the, I would say the thing that I think a lot of people see me at weddings know I, I enjoy dancing. Okay. Uh, so the thing that they may not be aware of, because I don't think there's a lot of, uh, even the young adults, there's a lot of people who are into house music. Okay. But I still find house music to be my, my uh, sweet spot, my swing. <laughs> so when I go on walks, I have a playlist of house music Yeah. Uh, that I still listen to pretty consistently <laughs> and that I am constantly tweaking and adding songs uh, to Spotify. Uh, so so, pe- people usually dance to it, but you walk to it. Yeah, I walked to it. Yeah, it was funny when I was uh, looking, listening to Spotify and looking for some more songs to add. And Sabrina was with, uh, you know, I was upstairs, and she was, she thought it was so funny because, like, the, she said, that I only listen to music like this when I'm drinking and out with my friends. Like, <laughs> my dad listens to this while he's walking. Yeah, you know, uh, that's funny. Yeah, I do really enjoy it. It really pumps me up. It gives me a surge of energy. Yeah. And so uh, I do miss going out and just dancing, going out to a club and dance. Uh-huh. Um, so I haven't really done that. The only thing I've done is at weddings, but we really haven't gone out because I feel self-conscious because obviously I'm so old. <laughs> I do really enjoy it, and uh, I would love to just, just go and do something like that. Uh, prayer request is really uh, kind of what I touched on already. I do feel um, you know, the years of my walk and my faith, is, it's been long, uh, but I still feel like I have a lot of time to go. Yeah. And I would just pray for that I would stay consistent. And sure. constant, and and that I will continue to uh, lean on uh, on God, and to just continue to rely on Him, um, mm. so that you know when I look back, I feel like you know like people celebrate their wedding anniversaries. I I want to really feel like I I've really um, felt God in my life throughout since the time He finally like really introduced me to the gospel in my early twenties, and and to now, and then to going forward. And I and I think it's going to be. I would be very feel very blessed and very uh, just live the full life if I think if I can look back and see that as the part as my path in life. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have you know I'm I'm unsure because like I said I I've seen people lose their faith or just get burned out or just get almost bored with it and go through mm-hmm. the motion. And so I I hope not to be like that, but you know you don't know. So it's a the human heart is a very tricky thing, and so yeah. my prayer request is that I would continue to uh, keep my faith and to stay faithful myself. <laughs>